whatever. This uh, is probably not what Sean wanted to talk about. So you know, that, I that's all right. Don't this is just further care. proof that I am not the entertaining one of this. <laughs> I don't care what Sean wants. Like he's he's got this agenda, and like let's talk about this, and this makes sense. And I go, yeah, you got it, dude. And then I. We got we got dad jokes. There's I, I need to do some dad jokes in here. Somewhere. Some dad jokes. Wow, that's like par for the course. Actually, yeah, I don't have any of those. Yeah, well, yeah, that's should. how we start out a lot of them. <laughs> and then I sit here staring blankly at the microphone after he okay. shares them. Yes, that's <laughs> accurate. But you know, plot twist—that's what he was going to do anyway. So that's okay. yeah, fun. I mean, we Ouch. can talk about the the financial <laughs> advice around cuffing season. <laughs> oh, geez, that's it. You know, I I I don't know. Now I'm just babbling. Okay, hold on. Let's okay. find a thing. God, Sean already throws me off enough. Now I have some other squirrel <laughs> in here. Uh, how do you? <laughs> we got to be professional. I know. Would yes. Okay. So professionally, how do you stop a dog from barking in the back of a car? I have no idea. You put him in the front. <laughs> really helpful because now he's barking in the front of the yes. car. I yeah. got I one for you. Take him out or Uh-oh. something. Yeah. You have one for me? I got one. I got one for you. What do you call a wreath full of $100 bills? I don't know. I don't Aretha know, Franklin. Sean, <laughs> <laughs> why can't you be funny like that? <laughs> Because that's why you guys are here. <laughs> I'm just the numbers guy. I know my role. Uh, uh, oh, geez. What else have I got in here? Um, yesterday, I gave up my seat on the bus for a blind person. Today, I lost my job as a bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Have y'all seen a new movie, Constipation? No. Nope. Don't worry. It's not out yet. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, you know. It doesn't even matter because I, I don't think I'd even give a crap about it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay. this is the entire show. This is good. Thanks, thanks for joining us. This <laughs> was, was this was solid. Uh, no, I, I introduce the show. This well, this is this is legit. What happens? We we do this for a minute, and then eventually, I I well, she we could have her introduced. I'm also all over the place, so I I went to bed at. Two last night. Party? And no, I was at the station. Um, what are you at the station? Oh, you're a firefighter. I'm a firefighter. Oh, look at you! You do calendars and stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I, I I'm not going to uh, privy that information to the entire world. Uh, <laughs> I have no. a calendar. <laughs> like that's weird. I've got your calendar right here. Uh. No, so by trade, uh, firefighter, paramedic, and I, I, you know what I did? Okay, I, the first part is totally my fault. Uh, we watched, uh, we were trying to watch a movie while we were waiting for calls last night, and then during the movie, I fell asleep for like an hour because we had a lull, and it was great. But then I woke up, and I had taken an hour nap, and so then I just couldn't fall back asleep. And uh, so then I crashed at like two. But... Uh, then, then uh, we got a call at about four o'clock this morning, and we delivered a baby. So wow. uh, that took Shoot. up the rest of my shift. I, I know, you know, I, uh, I know, bringing life into the world. Yeah, there was there was this moment where uh, 
uh, after everything had calmed and settled and I walked out of the hospital, you heard this, Nahiana. and that's just how it, how it works. Cool. <laughs> what no, did you was, do uh, last night, Sean? Sean. I slept. <laughs> See what I have to deal with? <laughs> Lazy. It's just regular people. <laughs> that's right. No, it was, it was, it was cool. That was, uh, my fourth, uh, that I've delivered, but it was the first one I've delivered in the back of an ambulance. So that was a new one for me. I've always done it Ooh. in the house. We, uh, we tried to drive to the hospital fast and it didn't work. <laughs> oh, so life, life bringer and calendar person. Look at you. Allegedly. Oh no. So fancy. <laughs> but that's why I'm artificially stimulated the moment caffeine <laughs> red bull red bull, red bull. Okay. we're not sponsored by red bull all <laughs> uh, right fine uh well so the good news is is we don't have a uh, uh, we don't have a plan the bad news is, is we don't we don't have a plan so okay you want to we could we could just start this off and uh let's see where the the wind blows us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. everybody cool. yeah me. i'm just the guest Okay. Well, guest, are are you gonna are you gonna introduce us? Oh, I'd be so pleased if you like knew how to introduce us, like because then you'd be like a super fan. You can send me the thing, and I can read. There's no thing. <laughs> I There's I don't even do thing. my own introduction. All right. Well, I guess I'll do it because I tend to do it. Well. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. And, and to today, I'm taking this one. Wow, that's right. You could have at yeah. least warned me. Like, no, no, I'm just, just gonna I feel over just gonna steal it. <laughs> Don't mind me. I'll sit. I'll sit over here. Don't worry about me. Hope your that's right. Goes well, Sean. <laughs> have fun. See you later. Today we have. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Today we have a special guest, Felicia Jones. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Chris. That's right. So Felicia is actually the lead researcher and founder of I Find You Close, which uh, I'll have her talk about a little bit later. Um, when Felicia and I first met, um, she was actually the founder of Keep Up With Mrs. Jones. Yeah. As a budgetologist, which is why we we uh, synced right away because, you know, budgeting and numbers and <laughs> nerds that's what we do yes i don't exactly. geek out about budgeting at all i know but she she's the nerd that can also be entertaining <laughs> and I, that's where i fall flat so your words not mine <laughs> <laughs> uh but at this point she you know has been a international speaker been on tedx a couple different times and that's why we have her on today is uh, for both those things first off to Hopefully tell us a little bit about, or a lot of bit about uh, budgeting for businesses and because that's where where we kind of started our relationship is uh, 
she teaches business owners how to pay themselves first. And then hopefully she can teach us a little bit about um, public speaking and, and that sort of thing for those who are interested as well and uh, show us a thing or two about uh, how much we're doing wrong here. So, Sean, yeah. you, you told me that you were bringing on a guest, not somebody that's like actually established in a realm. Like I was, I was hoping that <laughs> this is like a neighbor is like, yeah, they like numbers and they're like, cool, I'm not intimidated. And here we are like, no need to be intimidated. Newsflash, yeah, well. you should be. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. only on national television giving money advice. <laughs> well, good. Uh, yes. So with the, the I I I mm, <laughs> see how I'm forming my thoughts as I speak. It's a uh, it's a talent. Uh, talent is a skill. <laughs> Actually, no, Chris is really good with uh, the um, improv since he's done quite a few different comedy shows. He and uh, my wife Anastasia were both with uh, Adam's Mystery Playhouse, right? Doing yes. murder mystery dinners, mostly yes. improv. Yes, those were a good time. Yes. Wow, I just keep learning more about you. You help deliver babies. You do uh, calendars, uh, and yeah. you do improv. See, yeah, it's uh, it's no big deal, you know. Yeah. I uh, just uh, you know just gotta gotta get out there and do God's work. Sometimes it's. Uh, it's a hard okay. job. <laughs> well, look, here's here's the deal. Uh, I'm I, actually legitimately, I'm I'm excited to have you on here because the uh, we do have like a loose-ish wep, wep, weapons plan <laughs> where you pull out the big guns. God, I need sleep. Uh, <laughs> we an episode plan, and uh, normally we at least have a, a topic, and the only topic was your name in here somewhere in there. Uh, so we, we do kind of have free reign with this. Um, but Business I, budgeting was the, the, the overarching concept for, yeah, for and Felicia I, here since she is our expert of the group when it comes to uh, business budgeting. Yeah. Well, and, and also full circle for, for you know, uh, what did we say? All three people listening to us uh, that we originally were going to create this. This is this is sort of a bonus episode because we've we've wrapped up season three and this is season three surprise <laughs> um and uh that's because we wanted to do a form of a q a type thing and when you were talking to sean about like hey can you take some time and, and adjust adjust address whew, having a stroke apparently um addressing what, what do you do about budgeting for business and uh sean said we should we should talk about that because we uh, apparently just kind of glazed over it and i said yeah and i know nothing about it and uh then we decided to just have you on and then and then that's that's where we're at so this this is our q a day where you are the q and the a which is kind of how i like to operate you know like okay. i'm talking to somebody i'm like hey how are you because i'm great Okay. I think I'll answer my own questions. That's uh, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm here. Any questions you have? So let me know where we where we're going. Okay, yeah. cool. Excited. Yes. Uh, so we have uh, this. This might be putting you on the spot, and if it's if it's too on the spot, I'll delete it. But have you listened to any of our personal finance budgeting thing, like the the uh, stretch with Jamar that we were referencing earlier? Have you listened to that at all by chance? I listen to the shows on inflation. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. That the reason I was one. curious about, I that yeah, that was, that was good. And 
Maybe. Yeah. What did you think? I mean, I can talk all day about how, what I think about us, but <laughs> <laughs> me too. Mainly what I think about me, but anyway. it was a good show. It was a good show um, because I was just curious because, you know, everything is going on in the world and they were screaming about inflation. And then that got me thinking about savings and should I invest it? All of that kind of stuff. So it's, it made it's it was a dinner conversation at home. God, she just like described our whole second season. Nice. It was great. Yeah. I like that. I loved it. Cool. No, I'm I'm glad. The the reason I was curious about that was because I I kind of wondered for my sake because my realm is is the the personal finance, personal home budgeting and and kind of making your paycheck work and how to how to get your stuff straight in order to invest and then once you get the investing stuff figured out then I go talk to Sean. Um and I I was curious where where some of those common grounds sat between a personal finance budget versus a business budget because i've i've built two two uh base business budgets for somebody that was starting out for a business and i really just treated it as uh, a lot of my my own personal finance approaches uh which i'm sure there's a better way to go about doing it than i was but i was curious where where some of those familiarities were and and stuff how's that for a description <laughs> stuff perfect it's Thanks. perfect appreciate that yeah <laughs> uh, well that's a good that's actually a really good uh question because my approach when i first started off um doing money coaching and talking to business owners about budgeting, it was really to like solo business owners because everybody's walking this very thin line of personal and business finances. And I kind of do it exactly the same way you were doing. The only difference when you are a business owner, especially a solo business owner, you're starting out is you don't know where the income is coming from. And that's probably the difference with personal finance. If we have jobs, if we have jobs, we kind of know that there is gonna be some money coming in, but with the business side, you still have to generate that money and you got to figure that out. And and that's why it goes back and forth uh, so much between how much you're spending, how much is coming in, and you have to do the work to make sure money is coming in. Um, so, that, so I don't treat it um, differently. It's just, we just have that unknown factor sometimes when it, when it comes to being a business owner and that's the income part. Okay, and that makes sense. And I, uh, this this may be what you're saying uh, to me, but part of the the way that I really tried to operate, both mainly on a personal finance side, to because it was a huge goal for me that really changed a, a lot for me, and I think works well for business, comes on the the front of operating uh, essentially a month ahead is what we try to treat it as. Where, mm-hmm. uh, so for instance, this month I, I still need to do the numbers for uh, what is it June? <laughs> See, I don't even know what month it is. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh, at June, I, I sit down and I evaluate, okay, well, how much did I make in May? And then that's the money that I use for June because then it's it's never money that hasn't already been acquired. I'm not expecting it to show up in this next paycheck, even though through the career that I have, I, I get a pretty regular paycheck. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm fortunate to have that security, but it's important to have that to me in case there's a fluctuation or especially to somebody that might be a, an artist, a small business owner, a uh, somebody that's on commission or a variation thereof, because then they can go, what did I make in May? And you have feasts mm-hmm. and famines type of a thing. And so that, that to me is kind of how I built those previous 
uh, business plans that I've done before, which kind of sounds like that's what you're talking about is that you, you need to organize knowing where that income is, is coming from. And then once you do, then you can operate from there. Well, yes, you're going to do that. But also remember with a business, you are operating in risk as well because mm-hmm. you have to take that bigger step to, you know, increase that marketing budget and what is the return on investment for all of this other work, you know, in hopes that it brings in income. And when it does come to business, yes, you can operate one month in advance, especially after, you know, a pandemic year. Uh, a lot of people had to go back to operating probably just one month out or a couple of months. But the other thing is you still want to uh, do a little bit of forecasting for, you know, three and six months just to see what's going to be happening um, sure. with your income and all of this other energy that you need to put around the business side. But I do like that. I do. Um, like yesterday was June 1st. I go back and look at all of what happened in May, how much money I spent, um, you know, how much money came in. And then that helps me to create the goals for what I need to do in June as well. So you're kind of just going back and forth um, and just operating as a CFO on on every level. And for for the most part, you're doing it almost every week. And that's one thing you can do with personal finances. You can kind of do it on a monthly basis, but sometimes with business, you may have to get in there every week to see what is going on. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. That's, uh, that's something that I, I was able to kind of see. Really, it took about coming up on a year that I was operating with the very first business budget that I built. Uh, where after that course of the year, because it's it was retail essentially, uh, then we were able to see okay, well, Christmas time is coming up, and we know that we do well during these months, and then we have this slow time in the summer, and then in this stretch, and uh, and that's back when I was still in Texas at the time, because you know no, ain't nobody walking outside in Texas <laughs> in June uh, to go walk these street markets, and so um, we were we were able to kind of see that as since now we've seen what what the average expenses are since now we know where where the bulk of these things are going to come from then we can kind of operate as a uh hey we're we've got this coming up we know that the summer tends to be a little slower we can try to set aside x amount or we can try to take care of some extra expenses so that they're not as daunting when that time rolls around uh yeah. with that that future forecasting and really i i think the 3 to 6 month out is a, a good estimate of that. I think that's a that's a great point. Yeah, we have to kind of always stay ahead of the game when it comes to running this business and especially coming out of out of the pandemic year for people who took a few of those, you know, the EIDL loans, the PPP loans. Um, and if you got that pandemic unemployment, you pretty much had to go down to managing uh, your finances monthly. I mean, sorry, weekly, because you had to report it to someone. So, you know, things got a little bit more real for a lot of business owners. And, you know, in a beautiful world, we're always on top of it. But the reality is a lot of business owners are just trying to get by and kind of don't pay attention to their money as often as they should, which is unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I think that there there's a lot of cases where many people are, are guilty of that. And that's 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 kind of the theme I think we picked up over 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 the last year, mm-hmm. Sean, right. is that so it's. Uh, go ahead. You were going to summarize your theme. Yeah, yeah. I, I, my life is just one big summary. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. The uh, um, the theme that I think we've kind of picked up on has been, you know, do do you do you, and do what works best for you. 
Uh, and here, here are the tools that we have available to you to, to, to be able to operate on those things and, and do whatever it is that's important to you so long as you're aware of what's happening, so long as you're aware of things that are going to be upcoming and, and when you're referencing those upcoming changes and expenses and even when you're trying to get by, it's, it's okay to have those times where you're just really hanging on for dear life and, and kind of white knuckling it. But as long as you're aware that that's what's happening and, and what trajectory you have in order to kind of adjust that rather than just have that be the new norm for you, I think is, is important. I, I agree with you. I kind of, but I also disagree <laughs> after <laughs> last year, I don't think a lot of us could have, was in a position to do, you know, do you, because it just got very real for a lot of business owners. I could see and, that. and it was, um, it got it got it got very serious where okay you couldn't just let your um, business finances you know just fly to the wind and just you know and be aware so this was um I, I actually think it was a good year for some businesses because this was the first time that they actually probably sat down and had to do the projections the forecasting making those hard decisions on hiring firing cutting expenses whereas in you know pre you know historic days you know in 2019 we could you know as long as the income was coming in we can kind of just figure it out but um and, and i know a lot of businesses are still still struggling coming out of out of last year but hopefully everybody is seeing what they can do and maybe taking a few more risk so that we can bring in a little bit more income um you know before the end of the year <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I could definitely see that. So uh, what, are, what are some of the steps that you uh, recommend business owners take as they, you know, if, if, if it's their first look at trying to take control of their finances, their business finances? Okay. So when it comes to the business finances, you, you really do have to put on that CFO hat and stay on top of it. I say the first thing with brand new businesses, and it really depends on where you are, is put it on the calendar when you're going to manage your money. That's the first thing, because a lot of us, we just kind of, oh, I'll just do it on a Sunday night. And then you get very frustrated, you know, looking at everything. Um, mm -hmm. I always recommend looking at your numbers on the first and the 15th of each month. And I always say do it before 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. And the reason why is because you can actually do something about your numbers between 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. in the morning. Uh, if you're seeing that you don't have enough income coming in and not enough revenue, you can go out there and start making some sales calls or you can make some adjust adjustments and negotiations with people. I tell people never to do money after six o'clock because usually we're either tipsy, hangry, hungry mad at somebody. Um, so just don't do numbers at nighttime. All and, of the above. Yeah. And don't do it at 10 o'clock because then, you know, if you're in business with somebody or with your, with a spouse or a partner, that's when you start calling people at 10 o'clock, like, Hey, did you spend like $5 on something? And they're like, what are you talking about? And next thing you know, everything blows up. So I always recommend do your numbers on the first and 15th of each month. And give yourself one hour. You don't have to solve all the world's problems, but you do need to be aware of what's going on. And then the second thing is just really pay attention to your uh, expenses. You, you need to know how much is going out because it's so easy to get caught up in all these monthly expenses and all these things and subscriptions that we sign up for to help us grow our business. And so we need to pay attention to that. 
And then, of course, with any business, you have to figure out how you're going to generate revenue on a regular basis each month. Do you find that the uh, fixed expenses or the variable expenses tend to be more of the issue for most businesses? Oh, gosh. It's because you you, re, you reference like the, those monthly subscriptions adding up, yeah. which I would categorize as fixed, but not necessarily necessary. So um, that, but you brought up something good. You have to determine what is necessary for your business, because when we're new in business, everything seems necessary. You know, uh, right, like yeah. we need Canva, we need Mailchimp, we need all these different things because they're necessary. But over time, it'll it'll play out what what we're actually using and who we're using. Um, so I actually think those variable and fixed expenses are it's going to take a while to figure out which ones need to stay and which ones need to go. Um, for me, like my fixed expenses are are the labor because I can't do anything without them. <laughs> so that's a big time um, fixed expense for me. And then I've gotten it down to a point where I know exactly what I need to run this business. And then some of the other things I can let go um, at any time and it won't hurt me. So I, I, I think it all depends on where you are in business. And unfortunately, as business owners, we do have um, shiny object syndrome. And <laughs> when we see something, it's like, ooh, it's going to make me a million dollars, you know. And then we tend to buy it or we buy these courses, all these things. So I, I think sometimes we have to kind of manage all of that at the same time. She, right, because anything that goes out the door. Me, Sean. <laughs> I think that was a personal attack on me. Is what? Uh, no, is what no, that was. of course not. Of this, course this, not. This guy looks like somebody that would be caught by something shiny. <laughs> Always. <laughs> no, so, I was gonna. I was gonna say though. Um, shoot, now I lost my train. Jeez, yes! Chris. <laughs> Two hits. I hit you. You hit the floor. <laughs> we talked about variable and fixed expenses. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I was gonna say that. You know, it, you were talking about kind of that balance and you're, you're talking about things that are investments in the business that have that potential uh, ROI or the return on investment. But on the, the flip side of that, anything that you pay out is a dollar that you cannot pay yourself. Exactly. And, and that's where everything that's going out is not a dollar toward you. So you got to work that in as well into that budget of what's going out. And, and this is where it gets so stressful being a business owner is that you still have to figure out what that revenue is because that's going to dictate just about everything that's going to that's going to happen. So what happens when we do our budgets a, a lot of time when we are in this mode of just let's build, let's build, let's build, and let's do all the things that'll make us a million dollars in three in 30 seconds. Um, Sometimes we forget that we might have personal finances at home. So usually there's either a partner, a spouse, or rent a dog or cat that needs to be fed. So we have to remember to do that at the same time. So I always recommend making sure we have that line item where we pay ourselves even if it's just $5, um, you have to get used to it, um, you know, being auto-drafted out of your business bank account and into your personal account so that you, this is not a foreign concept uh, to you about paying yourself on a regular basis because um, I'm pretty certain you still have rent to pay. And you typically shouldn't, you shouldn't pull that out of the business um, to pay for all of that stuff. Yeah. Right. Right. 
Absolutely. Yeah. You shouldn't, but the reality is I know how a lot of people manage business. Right. Right. Absolutely. I get that. I, uh, I had a thought and then I, uh, saw something shiny, you know, I don't know. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Just ruining thoughts today. (laughs) Uh, What are, what would you say are some of the other most common, uh, mistakes, if you will, that you see business owners making with their, their, their business budgeting, their business finances? The biggest mistake is just not paying attention to it. And, and that's where we always get in trouble by not paying attention. We assume our, um, if we have hired on a bookkeeper, we assume they know what's going on or we assume the accountant will fix it. And I, I've tried to tell people, you know, accounting and bookkeeping are two completely different things. There needs to be somebody in the middle that's actually, you know, orchestrating what is happening with all of the all of these finances. So the biggest thing is a lot of us just don't pay attention enough to what's going on. And the other is we are only depending on what's coming in. And the way a lot of businesses operate is, well, I got a client. I just got $5,000 for them. So now I have $5,000 to spend. And it's just, you know, and we forget that, you know, once we get a client $5,000, we still have cost of goods, you know, all of those other things that go out before we can start paying our other expenses. And, you know, and it may never even turn into profit. And um, I and I have seen that a lot over the last few years where people will think, well, all I need is a $10,000 client and I can just go pay for this. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> no, I think that's a good point because it's uh, it, to me on, on the personal side, because that's that's where I'm able to to relate these things is that if you are able to to allocate, okay, well, this, this is going towards like, uh, uh, what's a good example. Uh, you're, you're getting a standard employee W2 salary that's coming mm-hmm. to you. But in order to get to that job, you're having to pay for the fuel, the car insurance, the car, just like just the transport to get there, because that's the way that your job is set up. And if you take that paycheck and it's going to things that aren't those things, then you, you aren't going to be able to perpetuate maintaining that income that's going to come your way in it. And to me, it, it operates the same way where yeah. you're making sure to have the cost of goods. You're, you're having all these expenses handled. And then once, once that is complete and the costs of labor, the costs of goods, the costs of maybe even uh, customer acquisition to get, to get yeah. how, however you want to look at those things, once those are paid for, then that's literally your, your profit margin. And then that's that's where you can go. Okay, am I going to reinvest this? Am I going to pay myself? Am I going to do a combination of those things? And I, I think that's a that's a great point. Yeah, Sean, what's a what's a business thing that you learned the hard way? Like you know, I I get that she's the the fancy guest here, and I've told her that five thousand times, but I'm you sure you. More. Uh, Five thousand and one. Times. You. Yeah. Hey, guest, you're you know you're so great. I just I appreciate I just you. Wouldn't even wouldn't even know what to do with myself if you weren't if you weren't here with us. To, okay, that's Sean. So, <laughs> 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 what what's what's a uh, what's something that you came across that you weren't expecting? I'm curious about this more personally than anything else because I know you're just such a calculated person that. I know you're very likely to to look ahead and go, these are a bunch of things I was expecting to see, but I can't imagine you actually calculated for all of them. But you know, maybe you're just this insane human being that did just that. 
Is there anything that surprised you as you were kind of getting your business started? Um, I don't know that I'd say something that surprised me. Um, I would say that if I had to do it all over again or had the opportunity to do it all over again, there were things that I, I definitely would have done differently. And it kind of stems, goes back to uh, what I was bringing up with Felicia there earlier. And that is that balance between investing in the business and uh, being able to pay yourself and that sort of thing. So when I started, I set aside a, a large chunk of change to, to be able to ride through, uh, quite a few years of basically not paying myself and having that expectation up front. And what I would have done differently is I would have set aside a a large piece of that to actually invest in the business. So as opposed to, uh, being super ultra frugal with the business and trying to make it grow itself organically, I would have invested a lot more into, uh, different methods for helping it grow. And, you know, that, that goes back to marketing, but in all honesty, I, I still struggle with that because I really hate a lot of aspects of marketing. Uh, largely, uh, one of the biggest, my biggest, uh, encumbrances, if you will, is marketing. Most marketing people don't speak in my language. They, they talk about, yes, how much it's going to cost and they talk a big game about how much, how many people you're going to get responses from, but very few of them can actually give you concrete ROI information up front, uh, even from a h- historical standpoint uh, for similar businesses. And that drives me crazy. So I'm very reluctant to invest in something like that, even though that's what I uh, needed. Um, and I... I I, I don't know that I would have gone about it in the traditional way. I think I would have uh, sought help in terms of uh, purchasing a practice and hiring other advisors much earlier is the biggest mm-hmm. difference I would have uh, changed. So uh, big, big lump sum investments that uh, could have paid out uh, much earlier uh, as opposed to just me trying to go about everything on my own. I thought you were going to say you were going to work on your advertisement by standing outside with like one of those hot dog costumes and like, uh, <laughs> hey, and maybe it'll work. like maybe this it'll way. Work. I did try Don't a variety a wiener. of different, uh, marketing things, you know, you know, the, uh, showing up on different, you know, magazines or things in stores and stuff like that. And honestly, it was most of what I tried there was garbage uh even tried the uh, a little bit of marketing spend through like your facebook or google and i didn't see much practical return on investment there either but again that all part of that depends on your business and how you go about it um that's just been my experience so well you know but that's the hard part about running the business and you know, the personal finance uh, knowledge that we have, it is very useful for running a business, but we have to always put in that risk factor too. What are you willing to do so that you can generate leads? And I think a lot of us, I think the biggest thing I didn't realize starting a business, generating leads is basically what I need to be doing all the time. So right. how do you, you know, very logical brain. I don't want to spend a lot of money because I want to see that exactly. it's going to be exact return on investment because I don't have a lot of money to spend. But, 
you kind of learn, you kind of do need to spend this money. And that's where we get into this little thing with, with business, with business um, finances. And I love using all of the methods around personal finance on business, but we have to always account for that risk factor of is, you know, what are we doing and is it worth the money to, to spend it so that we can grow? It's always a hard one. And you always like, it's like 2020 vision. Like, oh, I guess I, I you know, should have just thrown money at it because it might have worked. Who knows? Right. Yeah, right. I, I, I get that entirely. And then that's, that's kind of, uh, we <laughs> uh, insert episode X here that we talked about it. Uh, but we, we had that time when we were talking about taking the, the, like, <sighs> English, <sighs> man. Uh, we we had a t- <laughs> we had a time that we were talking about how one of the things that that I I try to do that to me is just how I'm connecting it, but uh, where I'm setting a certain amount aside per month, that is my my general wealth building ca- category. That's uh, as we talked about in the episode specifically it was more of a uh, the example I gave was kind of a venture capitalist side when we were talking about uh, that buddy of mine. That, that one time, you know, it's fine. Just go listen to the episode. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, that to me sits into the same category where it's this, this is going towards a purpose. Uh, this money is going towards the building of this wealth. And it you're, you're going to miss every shot you don't take. So it's, it's definitely worth taking those steps and utilizing it for that and being okay with the fact that while it's calculated and you're making the best choice that you think you can, that if there is a lower return on investment than you expected to see, then you're you're kind of okay with taking that money and and incorporating it into that risk in order to try and try and reap some of the benefits from it rather than just clinging onto your money as tight as you can because you're concerned about just losing it outright. So along those lines, Felicia, do you, have you seen? Uh, is that purely trial and error in your experience or are there some kind of universal areas that people find successful when it comes to that ROI and, uh, you know, marketing or growing the business? Um, I will say marketing is not my genius zone. (laughs) Um, I, I do think you have to do a little bit of trial and error and there, there are some tried and true things that have always worked. Um, you know, sales calls. I mean, everybody hates them, but it actually does work. Uh, so we know those tried and true things. And a lot of it does come down to our energy, how much uh, we're willing to put ourselves out there. Because a lot of us, we're just too scared. A lot of us don't like rejection. And that's where we get, um, that's where we get in trouble um, in business. And so we try some of these other methods and we have to just know that sometimes what works for one person may not necessarily work for you, but at the same time, you better figure out something. Otherwise you're just bleeding money on a regular basis with this business. And, um, I do think people should try quite a few things. Um, and you know, uh, one of the things that I did was I actually got out on stage and started speaking, because I didn't know how to do all of the Facebook ads and all that other stuff and, uh, and sales calls. I, I suck at sales calls. So I needed a different way <laughs> to convert people. And so I started just getting on stage and marketing. I've tried the podcast thing. Um, 
can't say the podcast was like the best thing for me, but um, I, I do think you have to just put a lot of energy into all of these things that you're going to try, but you also got to give it time. And that's where we kind of hurt ourselves in business is that we don't have patience. It's, like, it's almost like we're not aggressive enough and we're also not patient at the same time, which sometimes conflicts in our brains and keeps up, up keep us up at night way too long. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, and you, you talked about, uh, your, your method was, you know, getting up on a stage and being able to present to people. And, uh, now you actually help other people uh, go that route as well. Correct. Yeah. So what I learned over the years from when I started money coaching, started talking about, um, budgeting and all that stuff, a lot of people would only ask me like, well, how did you get on stage to speak? And I was like, well, you don't need to get on stage. You need a budget. And people are like, no, I'm like, okay. Uh, <laughs> like, All right then. And that was just one of those learning lessons of, of, for me was to actually recognize what was working and what wasn't working. And what I was doing before it, it was working in that it got me some of these other gigs. You know, I got a chance to get on stage quite often, got interviews. I got a TV gig out of it, but it wasn't really working on the client side. So I was like, okay, we need to rethink this. And, and so I took a walkabout in London for my birthday a few years ago, and I decided to just go ahead in into this other world of of researching and finding speaking gigs for people because my background, I was a, I was a scientist for the Navy. So I just know how to find stuff. Uh, That's it, cool. So it just worked out that I was like, I know how to find stuff. Don't ask me anything else. Cause I can do the math. Uh, Sure. And so it, it just kind of worked out and I found a model now. And that's the other thing about business. You got to find a business model that works. So right now I run a membership site, which, you know, it only took, you know, five years to figure out that was the best thing for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> how much money I spent doing that. But uh, but it's, it's working out very well now. And it's put me in a completely different um, world when it comes to um, business finances, because now I have labor and labor is so expensive. Uh, right. I look at look at my profit and loss, like, oh my gosh, like, why am I paying you this? And then I see things like, <laughs> okay, now I know why I'm paying you this. Like, I just need a reminder of like, why am I paying you so much money? Um, and, and, and when you start getting labor and labor costs, things do get even more real because now it's like, well, gosh, I got to pay people. So I need to be in this this uh, lead generation mode of bringing business in. Uh, so now it's just it's this just weird little balance of, I, you know, I got to stay on top of the numbers each week, make sure my expenses are where they need to be so that I know exactly what's going out and then being able to evaluate evaluate when I'm ready to take a risk. Um, and I think sometimes in the beginning of our businesses, we, we're just so out there trying to do whatever it takes that we don't get into this kind of settled place of, you know, I know everything that's coming in. I know everything that's coming out. Now let's start making some of these huge risks and see what happens with them. Awesome. Um, this is this is completely off topic, but we've been friends for what, five, six years now. And it wasn't until I read your bio that I realized you were a scientist for the U.S. Navy. <laughs> so I, I don't know if you can share anything about it. what what did that entail? Are you are you able to talk about that? It it entailed science. 
Bro. No, I have to take you out if I talk about it. No. Uh, <laughs> so I, I went to college and I got a degree in computer science and I was recruited to go work at a Navy lab in San Diego. So I grew up in Birmingham, went to school in Atlanta and went to the beach out in San Diego. And I was there for 11 and a half years. And I worked on I worked on a quite uh, on a bunch of different projects where I got to travel. So I love traveling. So they would just send me to Europe because I was the young single person. I was like, I'll go, you know, (laughs) and it's like, I don't care. Like, where am I going? Republic of Georgia. And like on the airplane, like, where is this? Where am I going? (laughs) Um, So I, so I did that for 11 and a half years. And, you know, I, that's where I learned, I had to learn really quickly about personal finance because, you know, gosh, I think by the time I was 25, I was making like a hundred thousand dollars a year. And of course I'm single and I love to travel and it was like, Oh, passports and purses. Let's do this. (laughs) (laughs) And and then of course, you know, then I eventually bought a place in Southern California, right when the world was falling apart. And it it was, and I had a, a waterfall coming through the ceiling, which is never a good thing if you own a home to see water inside. Yeah. And at the same time, the car went to the shop and you know how you go and just get your tires rotated. And next thing they find $3,000 worth of other things that need to happen. Uh, yeah. You, you got this, uh, you got this unicorn that's jumping around in your exhaust. <laughs> now, and It is like, what is going on? So all of that happened at the same time. And I was living, living basically paycheck to paycheck because, you know, I was, you know, YOLOing life. And I was like, okay, something really has to change. Uh, where I had to get in, you know, get on top of the finances. And, you know, I, I uh, took a project in Nebraska. That's how desperate I was. <laughs> and I was in Nebraska working at Offutt Air Force Base. Uh, you mean you Nebraska know, didn't hit your uh, whole travel uh, <laughs> enthusiasm there? You know, I mean, after going like London and, you know, I was in Spain and then it's like, oh, Nebraska and off at Air Force Base. Um, but one of the things was I got to, you know, bank in on a quite a quite a bit of per diem money. And at the same time, I was going through a short sale in Southern California. So I was slightly, slightly homeless where I had to move in with my boyfriend. Well, I had to move my cat in with the boyfriend, so I had to pay rent for her. <laughs> yeah, I had to pay kitty rent for her to live with him while I was back and forth, you know, between San Diego and Nebraska. Uh, it, it was fun times, but uh, that's where I kind of got real about all of the finances, started investing, and was like, we're never doing this ever, ever again. So, uh, so, that's, so that's what I did. So I did that, um, eventually got my master's degree in engineering. And um, we did a transfer and ended up in Denver. Um, and my husband, he worked in San Diego. He makes video games for a living. So we cool. don't adult very well in his house. <laughs> um, yeah. we, we, we should hang out. We'll, yeah. we'll hang out. It'll be great. It's just the two of us. So he makes video games. We have a dog. Um, the cat's no longer with us. But yeah, it's just we're just hanging out here in Colorado these days. <laughs> So yeah, so that was life in the before business life. Yeah, working for the Navy. So it was pretty cool. I, I do miss the ocean. Mm. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Anastasia struggled with that a lot when we were in uh, Aurora. So yep. 
Yeah, the ocean. I um, I I have been able to go back because um, I'm in Colorado, so I, I've been able to go back and see the ocean every year because hubby gets to go back for um, the, the the annual holiday party. And last year was I was getting scared because it was the first time I was like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to be able to go back because everybody's been working from home. Um, so we own an RV. And I said, you know what? I just want to see the ocean before the end of the year. We had some friends who came to stay with us and we went camping down in Arizona. And then we did this side trip. He was like, I'm going to take you to San Diego to see the ocean. I was there for three days and I saw the ocean and I was like, that's all I needed. And then we can leave. And I had a burrito. So <laughs> <laughs> had to have a California burrito. <laughs> Got your fix in, huh? Well, I was like today years old when I realized a California burrito is only a San Diego thing. So it makes sense why everybody looks at me crazy when I go to like a Mexican place here asking for a California burrito. <laughs> so what's, what's unique about it? Because most Californians, I, I feel like they're, they're uh, Jones in for their in and out burger or something like that. But I'm going to toss about the LA and their taco. You haven't had a taco until you have a taco in LA. Oh gosh. I hate LA. <laughs> <laughs> LA. Uh, Cal- okay. So the California burrito has basically the difference. It has French fries in it. Dope. Interesting. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I love it. And it's hard to get one here. So do you want, why can't you just throw French fries in a burrito then? You you can, but they ask if you want fries with pretty much anything else. But here, a lot of the burritos aren't wrapped. They're like oh, not open face, but you know, you get them on a plate and they smother them in green chili. Because I never heard of green chili until I moved to Colorado. Uh, but there is kind of like I guess it's like a street burrito. You know, they wrap it and then they put everything on the inside. So when I'm here. Um, I have to kind of like walk through, like, can you put the French fries inside? And then you hear this whole discussion going on. And then I was like, can you wrap it in foil? And they're like, what is wrong with this woman? So, <laughs> so I've just learned to just wait until I get back to San Diego to get a California burrito. I, I, I had a, I had a lengthy discussion when I was in Texas about the difference between a taco and a burrito. And it turns out that the only difference is whether or not the ends are closed. We finally figured that out. So okay. if, if somebody's if somebody's wrapping up your Colorado bur- burrito that you're referring to, and uh, there's those ends are open, it's a Colorado taco. It's a Colorado Just saying. taco. Just okay. saying. Um, I, it's only been a few times in my life where people have been able to identify where I'm from based on food. When I was in San Francisco, I asked for a California burrito. He was like, do you live in San Diego? And I was like, wow, is it that apparent? <laughs> and then the one time I was in Texas, I we went to a barbecue place and I asked for a hot link sandwich. And the guy was like, are you from like Alabama <laughs> or Tennessee? And I was like, yeah. wow, like I feel like you're seeing way through me right now. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I grew up eating a lot of Kansas city barbecue. And so when I went down to Texas and I asked for some pulled pork, I borderline got thrown out. Yeah. I'm not a Kansas city barbecue fan. Oh, I am. I am. Southern style. But Texas won me over. So that's, that's all right. That brisket is a thing down there. It it is. That's why they almost threw me up. I know. And this is so important to business budgeting. Right. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. Business. You gotta have fun. You gotta budget in the fun too. (laughs) Dang it. I was going to ask something, but you know, that's, that's my, my theme today. (sighs) Did did I take us? Doesn't help the memory, huh? Yeah. 
I was thinking about burritos, man. Like I don't. I know, know. everybody's hungry now. Yeah, I go yeah. burrito right now. Yeah, everybody go do a burrito. Can can people can can your listeners like take a photo and tag you with their burrito? Yeah, but you know we're so bad about social media that you know. Okay, we're about to change that. So everybody listening to this, go out and get your burrito in honor of this show. Uh, make sure you take a photo, tag everybody so and, we can see what you're eating. And tell us about how weird of a look you got when you tried to get a California burrito. Outside of Southern California. Right. Yeah. <laughs> San Diego people aren't aren't allowed to play. Yeah, they can. No, no, they can't play. They need they, to they, ask for green chili. They, yeah, they need to there go we ask go. for green yeah. chili. Uh, ask ask them to sm- see if it happens the same way it happened to me in Texas, where you go ask for a burrito <laughs> and you ask them to smother it in chili. Let them look at you all stupid, and then they'll they'll smother it in that like Hormel stuff. And I was, know, I was, knew that was. I was happen. heated. I was heated. Green chili is definitely a thing here. <laughs> oh yeah, I know, I know. We were hoping to actually not have to split this one up, but we we. Honestly, we just had too much of a, of a good time doing this whole thing. and So we are going to have a part two that is coming out with Miss Felicia. And this is us splitting this up. So now is the time, a pseudo intermission. Go get your burrito that we're talking about. Come back. Join us. We're going to have part two coming to you just as soon as we can get it out to you. Sorry we've been on such a hiatus for such a while, but thanks for sticking around. Thanks for coming back and checking out the season three-ish, four-ish bonus episode. We're finally getting right back on track. We appreciate you guys, appreciate you listening to us, and we look forward to you joining us in the future episodes. So thank you again for listening to us in The Truth About Investing, Back to Basics. Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for informational purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Holling and Felicia Jones are not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Holling or Felicia Jones represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond the author's intent, distribution, or copying of its contents is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal, accounting, or tax advice, and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. 
follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker, dealer, investment advisor, or other representative, a consumer should contact their state securities administrator.